fairly well. Um, it's you look at chapter twenty-seven, and who is the good guy? You know, there's, pretty, there's not one. Is there, there isn't one. <laughs> Every person in this story is unprincipled yeah. in how they behave. That is exactly right. So this is not a very encouraging story. And uh, we certainly can learn some things not to do in this story, though. So let's start out with chapter 27, verses 1 to 4. Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he said to him, Here I am. Isaac said, Behold now, I am old and do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare a savory dish for me, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, so that my soul may bless you before I die. Wow. So, Isaac is pretty much blind, calls Esau to himself, and what does he propose? Give me my favorite meal one more time, and then I'll bless you. Now, there are a couple of things that trouble me about that. Calls Esau in, says, go and get, you know, cut me down something, make the dish like I like, and I will give you this blessing. What troubles you about that? Priorities don't seem to match there. <laughs> Looks like that he would have taken care of the blessing first. He seems a little too eager for this food, doesn't he? Yeah. He thinks he's at the point of death, but what that makes him think about is a good dish of venison. You know, man, I need some more of that uh, before I die. You know, I gotta have another another one of your, uh, you know, steaks or whatever. Uh, it seems like what he cares about is food. Uh, kind of had a lot in common with Esau in that sense. Um, uh, that, that That's one thing. But there's a couple more things that trouble me here. He was going to bless the older son even though there was this promise that the older will serve the younger. It looks to me like he's trying to thwart what I assume he already knew God had said by taking the blessing away from the one God said would have it and giving it to his favorite, which is Esau. That's what it looks to me like. I, 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 I can't prove that he knew what God had said to Rebecca, but I would have thought he did. I mean, you know, can't imagine she wouldn't have shared that. And so I'm thinking he is thinking that he can bless Esau and that way his favorite will get it instead of Jacob. That worries me if that's what he's thinking, because it's never good to try to do an end around to get, to get around what God says. There is another thing that seems really odd about this. He doesn't know that Esau sold his birthright either. Not sure this is the same thing as the birthright. Don't think it is. <clears throat> This is the blessing. But there's another thing that's odd about this. He was, just like a few verses ago, he had 
Esau had displeased his parents by who he was marrying. So, I mean, he wasn't living, apparently, in a way that would have made his father want to bless him. Good point, although, wow, look at Jacob. But, yeah. But I'm thinking something else. It, is it normal for a father to to want to give a blessing before he dies? Well, Jacob does later to all all of the sons. Yeah. Yes. This is what seems strange here to me. You know, it's not unusual for a father to give a blessing to his children before he dies. Uh, but he just calls one of them. Yeah. And apparently kind of clandestinely. I don't think he intended for Jacob to know about this. He's just going to have a little thing with Esau and give his blessing to him. And based upon the fact that Jacob blessed all his sons, I take it that this was not the norm. He didn't want Jacob to know that he was giving a blessing to Esau. That bothers me as well. I really think Isaac, he likes Esau. So he's trying to get by with something here. And also shows way too much interest in his appetite. That's what it looks to me like in Isaac right here. Comments and thoughts. I'll say this too. Um, this came to, to, to mind as I looked at my notes. Um, look at 37. When Esau comes in and Isaac says, oh no, I gave it to Jacob. <laughs> Esau's wondering if he doesn't have a blessing for him too. Look at what Isaac says in 37. Behold, I've made him your master, and all his relatives I've given to him as servants. With grain and new wine I've sustained him. Now as for you then, what can I do, my son? Now think about that. When Isaac blessed Jacob, who did he think he was blessing? Esau. And so he thought he was giving all the blessing there was to Esau and leaving Jacob with nothing because he doesn't have anything else he can give Esau when he finds out, you know, who Esau is. So I think his intention was to just totally cut out Jacob from any blessing at all. And that also bothers me. To me, that's his favoritism going to seed. Not only does he favor him, he just doesn't bless Jacob in any way. He intends for Esau to get it all. He does end up blessing Jacob, of course, but it wasn't his intention. Kevin. Kind of like his father again. He, sent, he had many kids, and he sent them all off to the east, almost. Except for Isaac, and he gave Isaac the blessing. And now here, he's just trying to get rid of Jacob and give Esau the blessing. The one good thing about what Abraham did, at least Isaac was the one God wanted to have the blessing. Yeah. In this case, he's circumventing God's plan as well. But that is interesting that you've got that parallel. Very interesting. It's interesting how his own plan just backfires totally. <laughs> Looks up in his face. Isn't that always the way it is yes. when you plan something against God? Yes. It never works. And, and God uses them to bring about his purposes. That is, that is amazing to me, to watch this story take place. God is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, 
And I mean, he's working with a, a bunch of duds. <laughs> and, and he manages to get all kinds of things done in the course of this whole story. I mean, not only does he deal with Isaac and he deals with Esau, he also deals with Jacob and Rebecca. And if you keep reading a few more chapters, I believe Jacob gets pretty well uh, paid back for uh, what he did and uh, so forth and so on. I mean, God's got a lot of complicated things to work out in dealing with this family. And he does it perfectly. <laughs> you always need to look for God's hand in these things. And he's the amazing character. Mm -hmm. Other thoughts through here? I'm just noticing in verse 1 that um, when Isaac says to Esau, my son, Esau responds, here I am, which going back to when Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, you've got that repeated, here I am, I'm ready for your command kind of feel about it. And so it's the same kind of response. Yes, but. yes. Other thoughts? One more observation. Sure. Based on this note. It says that Isaac was 137 at this time. But he lived 43 more years. Yes. So he, he, was a he was a little off on his thinking of when he was going to die, apparently. Ever seen anybody do that in our day and time? Hadn't changed a whole lot. You know, sometimes they write people off and they live another 20, 40 years, whatever. And uh, they never thought they'd live through the night. You know, that'll happen. You know, so I guess he must have taken ill or, you know, whatever and then got his second win. I don't know. <laughs> it was his excuse to. To uh, go into going out and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. Please give me another dish of medicine. <laughs> uh, I wonder how often you could use that one. <laughs> You're not too often. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right. Well, wow. Uh, we'll go ahead and read this whole thing. We may not uh, be able to get to all this, but 5 to uh, 17. Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat, and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young lambs from there, or young goats, sorry, from there that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat so that he may bless you before his death. Jacob answered his mother Rebekah, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me that I shall be as a deceiver in his sight, and I shall bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, your curse be on me, my son, only obey my voice and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the young goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. 
She also gave the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob. Rebecca overhears what Isaac said to Esau and springs into action. She tells Jacob about this and says, you need to do what I tell you. Go get some goats. I'm going to make this dish. You're going to bring it to your father. He's going to bless you. Now, you're starting to see various aspects of Rebecca's character come to light here. What do you see in her? Well, she's deceiving her husband. Yes, she is. Very uh, deceptive, dishonest in, in what she's going to try to do. She's going to try to pass off Jacob as Esau. She's a sneak. She is. Well, she's listening in on this conversation. Yes, she is. So... Well, what what kind of picture do you get of her? Well, I remember Sarah with her ear to the tent wall. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <The tent wall. laughs> like like mother-in-law, like daughter-in-law. Yeah. I, I was thinking about uh, Adam listening to Eve and Abraham listening to Sarah, and here Rebecca's listening to her husband. <laughs> Not in the same way, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that fits some things we see in this picture of Rebecca. How do you see her? She's certainly not submissive in this. She's not. But she, she's just like Isaac. Yeah? In what sense? I mean, they're identical. He's conniving for his yes. favorite, she's conniving for her. Exactly. Yes, that's good. Yes. Kids didn't stand a chance. You know? <laughs> You know, she hurts her family. She's better at it, though. She won. Yeah. <laughs> and lost. That's right. She never saw her son again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. She She's pretty good. Uh, you know who she reminds me of besides Isaac? Jacob. She reminds me of Jacob, which, you know, I think it's kind of like mother, like son here. I mean, he's a conniving rascal and finagler and, you know, deceiver and whatever. And I think... You know, he's taken after his mother. I mean, she sacrifices principal, husband, and elder son for her favorite. And uh, almost literally tries to pull the wool over uh, her husband's eyes. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. <laughs> if it did, it ought to. Well, she knows that, that God said that the uh, younger, the elder will serve the We know elder. she knows that. She knows that for She's sure. She's just trying to help God out. Yeah, so she may be... <laughs> so she doesn't trust God to do it his way. She's got to give him a hand. Yeah. Or a handmaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it's a matter of trust. You know, it's, what can she think? Well, this is what God said. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing what God says. Yeah. Do we ever do that? Yeah. Is, it, is it ever right to sin so that God's will will be done? You know, that's a tempting thing. Oh, but look, this is what God wants to happen. Yeah, but does he want it to happen that way? You know, do you have to lie, connive, whatever, 
to get God's will to be done? Or can you trust God for his will to be accomplished in the ways that he teaches it to be done? You know, I think she didn't trust the Lord. Now, you can see why she might, and it looks like, well, this is gonna, what, what are we going to do? I mean, if, if this happens, and you know, but, but you don't do something wrong. Now, I mean, maybe, maybe she would have been justified in sitting down with her husband and saying, you know, I heard what you said, and I may should not have been listening in, but do you realize what God said? Or You know, I don't know. But this wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. And God can accomplish his will without any human sin. He sure doesn't need us doing what's wrong to get his will done, Cass. It kind of reminds me of Abraham and uh, Sarah and what he did with Hagar. Yes. They were taking it into their own hand when it wasn't God's will. Yes, exactly. Thinking God just can't do it without a little help from them. You know, even if it's not the right thing. You can only imagine what the story would have been, how God would have handled it. But there are so many other times when God handled it. You know, if she had done nothing at all, remember when when uh, Balaam was trying to curse, and what came out of his mouth? God determined. You know, God. Did, so he could have handled this any way he needed to or wanted to. And we have other examples that would have fit right into this scenario. But do we ever say, "Well, I've got to do something"? You know, how can God's will be done if I don't do the wrong thing right here? You know, and we just don't have enough faith in God. We're not seeing that God can always do the right thing. He can get his will done. It doesn't depend on some miserable scheme of ours. And she does strike me as being very domineering. We more or less said that earlier. But she really takes commands, command of the situation. And look at verse 8, you know, just ordering Jacob around. And... She is very convincing. You know, she ends up being a stumbling block to her son. Now, one thing you need to learn in that, be careful. When somebody you're really close to suggests you do something wrong, it's harder to resist a temptation when it's somebody who's close to you who suggests it. But also think about how much we can influence our own children to do wrong. You know, wow. I don't, I take it, Jacob probably didn't even hear this. You know, Jacob wouldn't have done all this if it hadn't been for his mother talking him into it. What a horrible thing to talk your children into doing the wrong thing before God. She seems to, I almost wonder if she had like planned this before. I mean, it's it's executed so well. I mean, she's got all the bases covered. I, I don't know if she's got this... She's a quick thinker, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's either a quick thinker or she'd been thinking about doing this type of thing, you know, confusing her husband, at least, uh, uh, before. Some people are good at conniving. Well, she, she seems to understand what this blessing is all about. Yeah. And she wants to make sure that Jacob gets it instead of Esau. Absolutely. Cass. I have a question. Um, whenever she says, whenever he says, you know, Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth-skinned man, why would, why would their father want to feel them? Why would he even, like, why would it even matter what he felt like? Well, 
The worry is, Isaac will figure out it's Jacob. Oh, so they want to prove to him by like, okay, okay. Jacob, Isaac is blind, right. which is the only way this would work. But, you know, how's he going to realize it's Esau and not Jacob? Well, they've got several things in mind, and one of them is, if he ends up feeling him, well, he'll feel like Esau. Which he uses goat skin. I'll tell you, Esau must have been quite a hairy man. Whoa! <laughs> Maybe she thinned it. Maybe she thinned it before she. <laughs> I don't know, but, but he must have looked like a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he was a real he-man. <laughs> <laughs> we always thought those caveman pictures were fake. <laughs> it was off of Esau. <laughs> that, that is amazing. I mean, wow. I've never seen anybody that hairy. <laughs> well, kind of like Aaron's chest hair at camp last year. <laughs> Aaron's chest hair what? Aaron's chest hair. <laughs> It's either quite a beard or, or some amazing chest hair. Oh, you don't remember. Uh, the dress scary. up, Aaron. Aaron and. Oh! Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was me. From a distance, it didn't look like a beard. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Wow, that went right over my head. Yeah, yeah well. There's a reason why I don't take my shirts off. You know, so. If perhaps my father would feel me and uh, you know figure it out, he's like I'd seem to be like a deceiver. But if I do it and it goes through and it works, yes, yes, excellent point. And, I mean, in the phrases, you know, I shall be as a deceiver in his sight. So it's like his I dad doesn't see. know he's deceptive before this. <laughs> Because he's pretty good, apparently. Well, that's that's another thing that's bad about this is that Jacob's concern is that he gets caught. He's going to get caught. Yes. <laughs> and I have a ton to say about Jacob's role in this, but I'm going to uh, put that off right. till next week. There is a lot to still be said in this uh, paragraph. We just mostly looked at Rebecca, but I want us to look at how Jacob deals with this as well. So we'll work on that next week. Let me tell you my schedule. I'm here next week gone the following, here the next week, and gone the following. So I'm 